So on today's podcast, it is the third and final part of our Family Finances Trilogy. And I am really pleased to say we have a very special guest on today's podcast, and we are going to talk about our own family finances. The Medics Money podcast helps doctors, dentists, and other professionals make better financial decisions. Hosted by myself, Dr. Tommy Perkins, a GP. And by me, Dr. Ed Cantelow, a GP, but also a chartered accountant and chartered tax advisor. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute any form of advice and tax allowances and rates are subject to change. It is my great pleasure to introduce today's guest. Now, obviously, I know quite a bit about you, but the podcast listeners probably don't know anything about you. So tell us about yourself. Yes, I know. I'm usually um, in the background trying to keep a small child from screaming through your podcast. Uh, I am your wife, Jo Perkins. And what an honour it is to be on the Medics Money podcast today. Seemed to be a little bit of sarcasm there. Not uh, at all. <laughs> tell us about yourself. So I'm a primary school teacher. I work part time. I have we have we have three children. Yeah, that's a bit about me, really. Do you, do you want to just define part time working as a teacher? Ah, yeah. So part time working as a teacher means you generally work every day, but only get paid for two days work. So. Yeah, doesn't have a lot of benefits, but yeah. <laughs> Classic. So thank you so much for coming on today because it is really hard to get some child-free time together so that we can record and the children are in bed but not asleep. So I'd say the chance of an interruption is basically pretty high. Absolutely. We've both got headphones on, so that helps. <laughs> We won't be able to hear them, but hopefully we'll be okay. That's a, just a joke, of course. We're monitoring our children very carefully and uh, not hiding in the office at all. So, yeah, I thought we should just talk a bit about our own family finances today. Hopefully that other people will find that useful. But we always play our disclaimer, which we played in the introduction. What do you think about our new introduction? Really enjoying it. Yeah, bit of jazz there. Yeah, it's kind of relaxing. So we always say in the disclaimer that this is not advice, etc. But this is definitely not advice. We, me and you, have no financial qualifications whatsoever. We're not experts, but we thought we'd just share some tips and tricks and things that have helped us out along the way in hope that it will help others. So I think you're going to start us off with, are we saying tip number one? Yep, tip number one. I think we have spent a long time talking about how we want to spend our money, what goals we have. And I think it's really important that both of us are reading from the same page in respect of money. I think over the years, we've, we've changed those goals as we've, got, as we've got older, more mature, three children. But I think it's really important that as a couple, we, we talk about what we want, what we want now, what we want in the future. So making sure you're really engaged in what you want together. Yeah, definitely. I think you know, you just got to talk about your finances openly as a family. Um, and that also helps with shared decision making, especially in the past where we had some pretty difficult decisions to make. Because we both knew the situation, it kind of made those decisions a bit easier. So I think just talk about it. Like you said, if everyone's uh, engaged and know what the plan is, then it's going to be a lot easier. Ed's not here today, and I thought we might go a whole podcast without talking about tax. But then I remembered that I should probably mention that, you know, is a good re reason to treat your tax 
as a family. So think about taxation from a family point of view. So we've already talked about this a bit in uh, the first episode of this Family Finances Trilogy, where we talked about tax-free childcare and child benefit and things like that. But, you know, you could make an entire podcast on treating tax as a family. But I think just try to consider your tax position as a family and just using uh, so many allowances and reliefs that are out there. So we already talked about tax-free childcare, but other possibilities like your kids get an ISA allowance. So if you're in the incredibly fortunate position to have maximized your ISA allowance for the year, maybe you could start an ISA for your kids. So just something to think about there. I think you got another tip. Yeah, so um, educating your children about money is really, really important. And I have to say that I've come from a place where I thought money, we can't really talk about that. It's a bit vulgar. You don't have to have money to be happy. But actually, I've really changed my thoughts on this now and I really believe that if we give our children an understanding and we talk to our children about money they can see that actually if you have money you can become more in control you can become your own boss you can make the choices that you want to make rather than other people making them for you and I know that our oldest daughter um she actually doesn't really like talking about money and I think she's got it in her head that it's kind of a bad thing because we don't talk about money and she thinks that money doesn't make you happy when actually, you know, it doesn't make you happy that the small things are important, but actually having money and being able to control it and understand how it works is really, really important. And I think that's something that we need to talk about with our children more so they understand that, yes, if you make money and you work hard, you can make the choices you want to make in your life. Yeah. I mean, what I often say is money doesn't make you happy, but it does give you choices. And I'd just like to point out that <laughs> we are not rich by any means, but I do feel wealthy because we have choices and we make choices. Definitely that my my family would never be able to make. You know, I'm much better off than my family. But I think also, you know, for the first 10 years of being a doctor or eight years of being a doctor, you know, things was really hard. So we actually know what it's like to be laden down with student debt, credit cards and have no money and be banging out 100 hour weeks. And like when I was on call, like I hardly ever saw you. We were like two ships in no, the night. It's really, really hard. And yeah, like Tommy said, we definitely, definitely don't have lots of money. Unless you've got a secret stash that I don't know about, which kind of makes this whole podcast yeah, pointless. I absolutely don't. I'm sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think, you know, we, I do feel wealthy because money does not make you, make you happy, but it does give you choices. And we're going to talk about some of those choices later on. So yeah, I think that's a good point. The other thing is, I don't know what you think about this actually, but merge your finances. I think if you're married, like if you're not married, maybe think about this because you might not be so protected. But if you're married, I think you should merge your finances. So not just for the tax reasons, but also just like day to day. So we have a joint account. I mean, our finances are totally merged, basically. Yeah, yeah. And we have our joint account. I don't think there's ever been any kind of arguing about who's spending more and who's spending less. We just have always merged it. And yeah, it's worked. You obviously can't see the brand new kite that's <laughs> over my shoulder. Yeah, I am aware of a few boxes arriving uh, with large kites in them, but you know. <laughs> but I have just chopped up a whole load of firewood, which is going to save us a ton of money on energy bills. So yeah, well, there you go. Maybe <laughs> not a kite's worth of energy bills, but let's not talk about that. 
<laughs> so yeah, I think the main thing that I sort of take from that is just talk about your finances. So when we talk about our finances, what do we talk about? Well, we kind of talk about our financial plan and we make sure that we do this at least once a year, which is the most fascinating time that we have together. And Joe really <laughs> loves doing it. But if you know, don't know what the financial plan is, have a look at the ebook. It just shows you how to make your own financial plan. But every financial plan should start with some goals. And so we like to split these goals out into long, medium and short term. So I'm not going to go through them all because this will be very dull. But one long term goal that we both agree with is that we do not want to work until we're 68. And I think this is something that a lot of doctors might be slowly but surely realizing that if you're in the 95 scheme back in the day, your retirement age is 60. If you're in the 2008 scheme, your retirement age is 65. If you're in the 2015 scheme, your retirement age is linked to state retirement age. And that is a massive deal for me because that could go up. I mean, I'm not going to make predictions, but I, I, I expect that it will go up. And so if you want to retire when you want to retire and not an age decreed by the government, then you're going to need a backup plan. And I am definitely not advocating doing anything other than the NHS pension. Like I'm all in on the NHS pension. It's, it's, it's still a great deal for the vast majority of us. But if you, are, if you want to retire, you can either take what's called an actuarial reduction, which means that your pension is reduced for every year that you retire early, or you can spin up a little backup plan. And we've chosen to spin up a little backup plan, and that is investing. And we are just investing slowly but surely. Our investments are incredibly boring. Joe can attest to that. <laughs> I leave it all to you, darling. You love talking about investing. Oh, yeah, I really do. It's great. But, <laughs> our investing plan is just super simple, very dull. I outline it in the ebook. We're basically mostly just uh, globally diversified index trackers, just keep chipping away at it, save. Uh, and I think as well, like at the start, we were saving like 50, 100 pound a month because that was all we had. But actually now that has just compounded over time. And, you know, I just think start early. But yeah. A long rambling way of saying I want to. I don't want to retire at sixty-eight. I want to retire when I choose, and so I'm maximising my NHS pension. But I also have a little backup plan to fill in the gap between my actual retirement age, and my desired retirement age. Cool. Medium-term goals. Are we going public with this sabbatical? We are now. <laughs> Looks like we are. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, employers <laughs> and fellow partners. We are going on a sabbatical. And so this is something that we've done quite a lot, really. Tim Ferriss in his four-hour work week would call it a mini retirement. But basically, it's like an extended break, basically. And we want to do that. We're going to do it fairly soon. So obviously, we have to save up for that and, you know, plan out for that. And we not haven't got a plan for it, but we've got some budget. We've talked for it. about it. Yeah. But not with our employers. No, keep that one quiet. Okay. <laughs> and short-term goals. Our short-term goal was to book a holiday. And we finally done it. Finally did it. Amen. I'm so excited. <laughs> Cannot wait. It's been a very, very long time. It's been like so long. We, we've just been on staycation. But we live in an amazing place, which is a blessing, definitely. Oh, yeah, we, we... But we haven't left where we live for a long time now. I mean, it must be coming up to two years. Yeah, um, no, easily. And that's just not like us, as you're about no. to find out when we talk good things and bad things that we've done. 
Okay, cool. So yeah, we when we do our financial plan, we talk about our goals, we set new goals, we always talk about tax, and we always talk about our spending. I think you're going to say something about that in a minute. We talk about protection, protecting your yourself, so insuring yourself, and we've been bad at that historically. I'll talk about that in a minute. And we talk about investments. So we do that once a year, sit down, go through all the numbers, make sure everything's good. And yeah, I think should we go through some good things that we've done and some bad things that we've done? Yeah, absolutely. What do you want to start with? Since I was just talking about spending, should we talk about spending? Yeah. So I think we are very aware nowadays of how much we are spending. We're very conscious of our spending. We spend things on things that we like, but we also are very aware of the fact we don't want to waste money. And I think we've got much, much better at this as we've got older. And, you know, as we've got children now as well, I think, I think, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I wanted to say that we were frugal. And then you said that you wanted to say that we were spending consciously. Yeah, I, I don't really enjoy the word frugal. I think it makes me think of, I don't know, we're making our own fires and built, making our own bread or things like that when we're not really. That's kind of the frugal thing that comes to mind. I think we're very conscious of our spending. And, you know, we don't go out and buy huge flashy things all the time. We're not kind of influenced by other people and what they're buying. I think we're very good at just being what ourselves, basically, and knowing what, what we need as a family. Definitely. I think to me, conscious spending means that we spend money on things which we like and that will make us happy. But equally, if we don't think something's important, we don't spend money on it. So we are happy to drive beta cars. Well, not really betas. They're just, they're no, not they're flashy. just a bit quirky. And I've definitely broken down a few times in places that I really don't want to break down. But hey, that's life makes it exciting. Yeah. Okay, that was just unlucky because we live in a really, really rural area. That van has broken down only twice and both times it was with you at the wheel. Yeah. Maybe. And yeah. The, so we live in a really rural area. There's hardly any main roads, but there's one roundabout which is passed through a main road. So it's like the one place within a 30-mile radius that you do not want to break down. And yeah. that's where you break down. Yeah, I'd just like to add I was on the way back from the COVID testing centre with our two-year-old who was screaming blue murder in the back. And yeah, it wasn't one of my best, best, best moments as a mother, I have to say. You wanted to get a new car after that, but I think I've talked you round and... Yeah, there were a lot of tears and maybe a few, a few, few uh, words that I couldn't repeat on here. But yeah, I'm happy with our car now. But I think, yeah, so are we frugal? I mean, like I just said, energy bills is crazy high. So I've just been chopping tons of firewood and like with my massive manly axe. It makes you feel manly, doesn't it? Uh, my axe is pretty manly, <laughs> although we did it with your dad who is 60. He's 69. Oh my goodness. So yeah. I had this nice axe and I was splitting logs and then I couldn't split one and then your dad came out of the shadows. What, I think it was two hits to be yeah. fair. Oh, I don't know. Maybe one. He made one. it look very easy. <laughs> so yeah, that kind of decreased my manliness and then, then he just wouldn't put the axe down and was on it for like 20 minutes even though I could only manage a 10 minute stint. But anyway, let's not just talk about that. But yeah, I think spending is really, really, really important. And I think, you know, one pound saved of income that's already been taxed is one pound in your pocket. But something that doctors need to be aware of is that one pound earned is definitely not one pound in your pocket. It could be 36p in your pocket. And Ed talks about this all the time about the tax trap between 100 and 125. 
amazing problem to have, but you do need to be aware of it. Because if you're going to go and do a locum shift, thinking that one pound, you know, you want to spend one pound on something and you go to work to earn that one pound, well, actually, you're probably going to get only 36p per pound earned because of the tax. So, yeah, one pound saved is one pound in your pocket. Every time I save money, I kind of think about how many hours at work I would have to do to get that money, which is probably not a good thing. But I think it helps me to like spend consciously because then it's like, yeah, I do not need that. Yeah, definitely. I think we've got so much better at that as well, knowing that if we do buy that, then we'll both be at work more and we don't want to be at work more. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, you know, yeah, we're we at work enough as it is. So, yep. Cool. So that's spending. You want to go for a tip or good thing or bad thing? Oh, um, so. Should we talk about a sort of getting, getting help? Because I think we're. Uh, yeah. So I am that person who believes I can do absolutely everything. That means washing the house, washing the windows, washing the cars, looking after the children full time whilst planning lessons and doing parents evening and I can do that all at once so I'm really bad at getting any help with anything and I think for me that is a downside definitely and I know you're always telling me maybe we should get a little bit of help I mean no no I can do it I'm always but... telling you but then I'm washing the car washing the windows and chopping the wood myself yeah so... exactly so we're both really bad yeah <laughs> but I think you, that's something that we could work on, like getting a bit of extra help. But I don't really know why we don't. Maybe it's because, like, certainly when I was growing up, we had no, like, extra help around. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I just, it, I didn't come from that either. And um, I think that stays with you, doesn't it, as, it get, as you get older? Yeah, which <clears throat> probably not a good thing. So maybe we'll get some extra help. I mean, your dad helped chop the logs like a boss. Yeah, we have a really lovely family. <laughs> true, true. We do get a lot of help from... Yeah, yeah we so. do. Okay, cool. So that's a bad thing, right? I'm going to say another... I'm putting it in the bad category. I've already mentioned it, but sabbaticals, right? Or mini retirements, because we have taken a few extended breaks. So as soon as I left med school, uh, we drove around Europe and North Africa in our van. And that was really cool. And we also took an extended break together, drove around, we drove across Australia. Do you want to talk about that? Oh, wow. Yeah. The, day, the time we drove across Australia, it will be really fun. Don't worry. We're going to have a great time. It was really fun, but it was a very, very long, t long, long journey. You know what happened? <laughs> Basically, we wanted a car to drive around Australia. We were there for a few months. My friend lived in Sydney. He found us a car, but we wanted to be in Perth. So we were like, we'll buy the car in Sydney and drive to Perth. I Google mapped it. It was 64 steps. I was like, 64 steps. That's fine. And then a little bit into the journey, it was like, step five, drive 5,000 kilometers on the <laughs> <laughs> Nullarbor plane. The Nullarbor plane. I was like, oh my God, if yeah. every uh, step is that long, these 64, and, and it was long. It was and a it, very long journey. It was hot. Uh, yeah, very hot, no air conditioning, sort of kind of plasticky seat covers that I remember sort of slipping around on after a while. But it was fun. So we've done that. We went to like windsurfing in Hawaii and surfing and we went with the kids. So we did those sabbaticals and they were terrible financial decisions because they cost a lot of money. They did, yeah. And I like to run things through a compound interest calculator. So if you compound that over time in 30 years time, the money we spent on that, it would just be worth a crazy amount. So I've put it in the bad category, but you know what? I would just do it again tomorrow because it just like reinvigorated my 
everything really and well we are doing elmix we've gone on sabbatical but what's your thoughts sabbaticals good bad i think for us as a family they're really really good but i think we have done a lot of traveling when we were younger and i think i think our children really benefit from it so i don't see it as a bad thing it is expensive but you know we've we've planned it in so we know it can work for exactly. us exactly we're chopping our own firewood so we can yeah. go on sabbatical exactly Boom. yeah and we also like have been with the kids as well and that was super interesting because it was a lot different to when we were there on our own uh, and it was definitely like different challenges but, but you know i would I'm, I'm really excited to go on sabbatical with them uh, i'm slightly hesitant because we just got back from uh, a family trip to london with the kids because uh, they <laughs> like country mice they live by the beach in a little village and so we went to london when we go to the beach here you know if we see some rubbish on the beach generally we pick it up and put it in a bin and our son went around London with the same kind of attitude, which was really kind of stressful because we're on the tube and he yeah. was trying to pick up like every bit of litter on the, the tube. The underground was a bit stressful, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so It was full on the London trip. <laughs> All right. I'm looking forward to this about call. Uh, yeah, but I think financially those were terrible decisions, but it's not just about money. And that kind of goes back to money giving you choices and what you do with it. So I would do yeah. it again tomorrow. I'll do it again tomorrow. Yeah. I got another thing in the negative, and this is 100% my fault. I mentioned it earlier, but we took out protection, and that is uh, life insurance, income protection, way too late, like way too late. And the reason was multifactorial. I'm not going to go into it now, but essentially we were saving really hard to repay student debt. We didn't think we could afford the monthly repayments. Um, and I just feel like now... I don't want to sound morbid, but I know that if I die or you die, we will be absolutely fine financially because of those protections. And there was a time where we didn't have those protections. So that was that was not good. And I think we also made another mistake as well. Like we did our will last year. The will yeah. has been on our to-do list for like maybe eight years. Yeah, I think probably since our first daughter was born, we knew that we should do it. Definitely. And it was always on our mind. Definitely. So. And every time we had a financial review with our advisor, they always flagged up, like, everything's cool, but do a will. And we were like, yeah, we'll do it this year. So I feel really happy that we did the will. I'll put a link in the description below because the company that we did the will with was super easy. We did it over yeah. the phone. Yeah, it was just on Zoom, wasn't it? We didn't even have to no. leave the house. <laughs> leave our village. <laughs> <laughs> we do leave our village occasionally, but, yeah, on this occasion we didn't need to. So, yeah, I'll put that link because just, just get a will. Cool. Anything else that you wanted to say, good or bad? Um, I don't think I can add anything more. I think we've covered quite a lot there. Did you want to talk about first jobs? Go on then. What was thing? your... My first job was at 15. I'm not even sure if you're allowed to work at 15, but I had a job at 15. And the hourly rate was £2.50 and it was a waitress in a, in a restaurant in the town that I lived in. It was such a hard job. I had so many jobs like that. But I do think it was really important to do that. Why? Why? Because I am a very, very hard worker. And I think it just, it made me kind of understand that if I work hard, I can get some money. And yes, all I was spending my money on was clothes from Topshop at the time. So I think it's a start, isn't it? And I would definitely encourage our children to have jobs like that. Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot. So my first job was a paper round. 
again, I think it was legal to have a paper round when you were I think you younger. could be quite young. I remember my friend trying to uh, sell me her paper round, but I looked at the numbers and I thought, oh, no, going to get a waitressing job instead. Smart. You crunched numbers on that yeah, deal. Yeah, crunching the numbers already. I know which friend that was. That Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> I know you never told me that before, but it's... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we won't say a name. So, yeah. So I had the paper round. I worked as a lifeguard. I mean, that was just so tedious. And I continued to do these jobs right through, like, uni, you know. So I was lifeguarding, you know, when I was at uni. And I think that's probably part of the reason why I did okay, because lifeguarding was so boring. And the pool that I worked at was at St. Mary's Hospital, and no one ever came in there. And so I just used to revise whilst I was lifeguarding. There's nothing better to do. So, yep. But I agree that it ingrains hard work and it does teach you the value of money again going back to what i said earlier you know if you want to buy something it's like how many how many hours do i need to work to buy whatever from top shop i wasn't really into top shop <laughs> i don't see you as a top shop kind of man actually no i wasn't that cool <laughs> i'm way too old for top shop now it's even closed down isn't it is it closed down yeah 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 i think Gosh. i used to buy um <laughs> cds and I did feel old the other day because I remember when I bought Blur's self-titled album, Blur, it was released in 1997. I went to our price in Worthing and spent like four weeks paper round money on that. And I got it and I was super happy, but I was like, God, delivering all those papers was hard. But anyway, the point I'm getting to is I think it's important in some ways, but in some ways it also had this mindset that you had to work super hard and sort of suffer in order to earn money. And yeah, actually, I know what you mean. I don't I think that's mean. a good thing to teach kids. But what I do think it does is it teaches the value of money. And we had an example of this recently. So our kids wash our car and they get five pounds for doing that, which is actually way too much money. But since I've started off as five pounds, I can't go yeah, down. Yeah, you went too high. Way too high. But we're in the Harry Potter gift shop and our son wanted to buy something. And he said, oh, how much is it? And I said, it's is 15 pounds and he had no idea i said well that means you have to wash the car three times and he was like whoa i don't want it but then we couldn't <laughs> find anything cheaper than 15 pounds harry potter gift shop absolute joke wow yeah it's expensive so yeah maybe i would instead of getting our kids to have jobs like that i would encourage them to like do something entrepreneurial have i talked to you about my carpet cleaning idea many times yes you have okay but i think like why not encourage entrepreneurship at a, a young age so they could buy a carpet cleaner and they could rent it out to all the holiday homes locally who, who wanted to clean their carpets. And if they wanted like the full extra service, like a tiered pricing model, you could have Carpet Cleaning Plus where a seven-year-old kid will come around and clean your carpets, but you know, they'll be older. So yeah, I don't know. I had all those rubbish jobs and that definitely motivated me to realize that I wanted something more and that that probably is what led me to work super hard to you know become a doctor and for you a teacher yeah but I also think it does in kind of teach you that you have to sort of suffer in order to earn money and thankfully that is not true for some really privileged people like us who have worked hard to get extra qualifications so don't know. Yeah. I think you have to start somewhere, don't you? And I think it just makes you more aware of how hard you have to work to get money. <laughs> Definitely. Right. Amazingly, no kids have come in. It is extraordinary. Dinner is in the oven. I think we should wrap it up. Yeah. Any parting words of wisdom? That's fine. I don't really have any either. I think definitely discuss your finances as a couple. 
you know, work together. If you've got some financial challenges and trust me, we've been there and we know what that's like. If you work together through them, that's good. If you're on the same page and by the way, we don't agree on everything. In fact, we oh, have... absolutely not. We have some quite, you know, how would you say like sort of debate heated, slightly heated debates, but usually we, we come to a compromise. I mean, <laughs> when the car broke down, that was a pretty heated debate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for now, I've put the flames out on it, but. Yeah, I, I feel like that might happen again, you know, one day. No chance. No chance. That <laughs> van is only 15 years old and is absolutely rock solid. It yeah. never broken down when I've driven it. Yeah, not when you've driven it. Twice when you've driven it. Yeah, yeah. All right, on that bombshell, uh, we better go and get dinner out of the oven. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that that was useful. I hope it inspires you to talk about finances with your family. As I said, if you want to build your own financial plan, download the ebook, medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash ebook. And we look forward to having you on the podcast again. Well, I look forward to having you on the podcast oh, again. Oh, thank you. Let's see it's what, been an honour. Let's see what the <laughs> listeners' stats look like. And, I know, I'm a bit nervous, to be honest. Well, the stats don't <laughs> lie, so I'll let you know what the stats are like. And uh, that will determine whether you get invited back. If you want to see Joe on the podcast again, shout on Twitter or some other kind of social media, although we're not on Instagram. but No, I'm not on Instagram either. We're no. too old? I'm not, not too old. All right. Dinner is on fire. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review. Actually, leave us a review and give us some feedback about what you thought about this episode. That'd be cool, as long as it's positive. And see you all on the next episode. Take care, guys. Bye.